season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shrigland and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and mine baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mine Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. We are here live at the Titan Bat Company facility in Logansport. Today, I got Mount Vernon High School student, Indiana Bulls first baseman and catcher, 2024 Ball State commit, DJ Scheinman, on the JKR Podcast for the Indiana Baseball Series. DJ, I know we've talked about this now for you know a couple months or so about coming on the podcast. Pumped to finally get it rolling. Appreciate you coming on the show today. How are you doing? Doing great, man. I'm excited to be here. Okay, awesome. So first segment I kind of want to dig into, I mentioned the Indiana Bulls. Take us through, you know, that connection with the Bulls, why you chose them. When did you get started with that Bulls program? Yeah, I had uh, my catching coach, Nate McKeenan, you know, has a bunch of connections over in the Bulls, got me in there. Um, you know, just got friends really well. Got in there on the gray team my first year and then moved up to white. And then we were hopefully going to move up to the black, but it ended up opening up for uh, this last season. But, you know. Still good, you know. Okay. On the white team, we're gonna have a good squad this year. I'm okay. Excited for it. Yeah. So when it, when was that that you got connected with them? That was two years ago. Uh, started on the great team with uh, Coach Becker and then Coach Freddie. Awesome coaches. Some of my favorites I've had. Um, yeah, that was that was the first year. Okay, so going through these past two years of being a part of this Bulls program, you know, one of the best programs in the Midwest for you going through, seeing the game to game, see the tournament to tournament, and how they ran. You know, what do you think has led to this Indiana Bulls success? Uh, just the from the beginning, just all of, you know, like Scott Rowan, that was a big part. Um, we talked about him a lot at the, uh, like the meeting we had this earlier this year. Um, just, you know, they take everything seriously. They don't have, like, uh, any bad teams. Like, every team's very competitive, you know. Nobody's going to get ran over. Like, we're the Bulls. Like, yeah. One of the first yeah. squad, you know, and uh, it's just always having kind of like that that name. Like you see the Bulls, you're not like, oh, it's just a rollover team. They're gonna you're gonna have a good game right there. Okay. So for the Indiana Bulls, I know for the most part from talking to other people that they have different coaches at every age group or whatever. For you, what is that mindset going in? Maybe going into the summer with a new head, co- with a new coach, new coaching staff. What does that look like throughout that summer? I know we talked about relationships earlier, but you know, what's that mindset going on each summer with a new head coach? You know, actually. 
it's a lot better because, like, you know, you're going to go through your career. You're going to have different coaches. It gets you used to, you know, learning, you know, how to talk to this guy, how he likes the game to be played. Um, it gets you ready for later in your career. I actually really like it. Um, gets you knowing more guys, gets more guys, you know. Some coaches know different guys at college levels, different coaches. They can connect to you a lot better. And, uh, yeah, it's just really kind of – I actually enjoy it. Okay, so what are you looking forward to most for your final year of playing travel baseball, probably going down to all these different tournaments? What are you looking forward to most of this 2023 summer and just, you know, your final games as an Indiana Bowl? You know, I'm just looking forward to the, the good times with, you know, my team. We're going to have a really fun team, a bunch of guys I've known for a while. And, uh, you know, I'm not really – stressed out about you getting recruited got all that over with which is really nice and enjoying just having fun playing the game you know it's, okay. it's awesome okay so you mentioned you know, you know a lot of guys on that team you've probably created a bunch of memories throughout mm -hmm. these past couple of years playing for the bulls when you think of travel baseball you think of the indiana bulls what are some of those just favorite memories that come to mind when you think of that program one of the top ones i have to say is my first year wwba and we're in Towards the end of the tournament, and we were at the home plate chili dogs, like their field. I remember that. It was, a, it was an awesome field. It was a deep center. It was like 440 or something. It was a very big field. And I was not scheduled to play that game. Ended up getting a pinch hit in the seventh with a guy on base. We were down by one. And then I hit a walk-off home run. That was by far probably the biggest okay. memory I had. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's transition into high school baseball. You know, you, you said what six and two so far to start mm -hmm. the year. Take us through just Mount Vernon, what it was like the past top, your you know freshman sophomore year, and what's been going on so far here in your junior year. So my freshman year, I played on the JV, and uh, we were extremely loaded for having a JV team. It's pretty much the team we have now, um, but it was just a squad. We didn't have Eli Bridenthal. He was up on varsity and. Uh, but it was, we, I think we ended up going like 32 and one. Like it was, okay. it was crazy. <laughs> okay. And, uh, but yeah, it was just really fun kind of getting us ready for this year, which is kind of our team. Yeah. And uh, minus, you know, getting Gavin transferring, um, a couple other guys coming through. And yeah, it was just, that was more freshman year. And then sophomore year, didn't really get much playing time. Had a senior ahead of me, um, which is kind of unfortunate. I got, couple ADs here and there, but nothing really spectacular. Kind of looking for more that year, but, you know, it is what it is. Just got forward to the travel bar getting recruited. Yeah. And um, junior year this year, I'm starting behind the plate as much as I can, and uh, it's going to be a good year. Okay. We're excited. Okay, so for this year, you know, you mentioned Eli. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do I say that last name? Bridenthal. Bright. Okay, I've always been thinking of Bridenthal. Mm -hmm. um, so you got Eli, you got Cameron Sullivan, you – um, Nick Heitman, who's you know one of the probably top uncommitted guys mm -hmm. in the state. Cameron Sullivan just committed to Notre Dame. A bunch of different guys. You know, what are those expectations here for the rest of this spring for you know for yourself, but for this Mount Vernon team as well? You know, coming into the year, I think we were maybe a little you know going under the radar, and uh, but I think once we're starting to get up, kind of get rolling here, I think everyone's going to start saying like Mount Vernon's legit, like they're coming out for a state championship, yeah. and that's what our goal is. We're going to win that at uh, Victory Field this year. Okay. 
So for you, being a junior, being an upperclassman there in that locker room, how have you stepped up, especially as that catcher in the locker room? Has you, how have you stepped up as a leader, maybe showing these guys, okay, you know, we have the goals of winning sectional, regional, going to victory field here at the end of the spring to win a state championship. How have you stepped up as a leader and just helped this team, you know, reach their goals for this spring? Yeah, being a catcher, you uh, definitely have to step up and you're the you're the general of that team. You know, you got to really lead them, uh, especially some guys, you know, some guys do certain things. You got to hold them accountable, you know, tell them, yeah, you don't maybe not do that next time, you know, keep them accountable of what they're doing. Any attitude problems, you know, you got to fix that right away. Um, yeah, it's just kind of trying to be okay. that leader. Okay. So for you, you know, being a junior, looking back on it, your freshman, sophomore, you're playing high school baseball. What do you think is tougher? When you're playing travel baseball for the Indiana Bulls or when you're playing high school baseball up there, Northern Indy, you know, you got you, New Palestine, some of those other schools maybe up, you know, Fishers, Zionsville, if you guys play them as well. What's tougher? Indiana high school baseball in the Indianapolis area or when you're playing travel baseball? It's tough, you know. You'll In travel baseball, you'll probably get more, you know, recruiting, more coaches around you. That's got a lot of pressure. But come to Indiana high school baseball and you got those rivalries, those teams, you know, talking back and forth to each other, you know, and uh, it's it's tough. I think high school baseball is definitely, okay. definitely a little tougher. Okay, so you talk about those in-state rivalries that you have. I'm sure you're playing a lot of guys that your teammates with on the Indiana Bulls throughout mm -hmm. this spring. What's that like when you're going out, you know, it's a you know a Tuesday night or something, and you're playing one of your Indiana Bulls teammates on the opposing team. What's that like, you know, going from, you know, teammates to, you know, opponents? What's that like going and just facing those guys? It's definitely tough, you know, you got that relationship with them, you want to be nice, you know, say what's up. I mean, you can always say what's up, but, you know, you're competing, you're trying to beat this guy. You know, you don't want to lose focus of what you're trying to do that day. Like, that goal is to win, like, period. Yeah. I don't care who you are. If you're on the other side of that, or you're outside the line, then I'm here to beat you. Okay. So going to Mount Vernon, you know, well, so with you at Mount Vernon, going to Ball State, you know, I'm sure it's not, you know, I'm sure it's a pretty quick trip up 69 to get the Muncie. Let's dig through that recruiting process that got that led you to Ball State. Just take us through, you know, how that recruiting process got started and what that was looking like. Uh, it was pretty interesting because, let's see, start of like January of 2022, I was talking to Coach Beamer at the point because he was the recruiting coordinator there and uh, ended up him leaving, going to Butler. And then that summer was pretty quiet with them. It wasn't until the fall they started like talking to me and they got back with uh, Coach Malone, uh, Alex Malone, the new recruiting coordinator. And um, once we got that, I went to a camp. They showed interest. They said, hey, come back for a visit in September. Got my offer. And then that was in the middle of fall ball. So I was, we were getting ready to go to Jupiter. And I was like, man, those Southern squads, you know, they kind of want to come see, what, see if I can get something there, you know, see, you never know. So I was going to wait another couple weeks, and then the hurricane hit, canceled all of those Florida um, tournaments. So I was like, kind of had to make a decision there, and everything was right. Didn't really have anything to say no to at that point, so okay. I went ahead and accepted it. Okay, so going through those initial conversations at that point with Coach Beamer, maybe some initial conversations you had with other coaches, other, co uh, other colleges, what do those initial conversations kind of look like? You know, just take us through maybe some questions that they're asking you. What's going through your mind at that point as well? Thinking, okay, like, you know, I have a chance to go play Division One baseball for a great program like Ball State. You know, what's going through your mind? And just take us through those initial conversations. Uh, at first, it was, it's kind of, kind of flaky. You know, you can't really say too much. I was at a camp in January, and Beamer was talking to me a little bit while I was doing some drills and stuff, and. Um, 
you know, he was just asking me, like, from high school, all this information stuff, you know. And uh, eventually, once it got past that junior year, whatever date it is, um, he, uh, we started talking, texting a lot more, calling here and there. Uh, at that point when I was kind of, like, realizing that I was able to play Division One baseball, it was a very, it was a very exciting moment, you know. All that work last years just paying off, just realizing that it was very, it was really cool, you know. Yeah. So as you were going through that recruiting process, you know, talking to Beamer, then to Maloney there, um, and just maybe deciding between a couple of different schools, what were some of those key things that you were looking for, you know, within a college, within a coaching staff, or even maybe even a campus, or whatever it happened to be, you know, what were some of those key things that you were looking for? Uh, I really wanted a experienced catching coach that was devoted to catching, you know, not like a outfield coach that just directs catchers, you know, what to do. And I really was looking forward to that with uh, Coach Holland over there. And um, another thing was obviously Coach Maloney. Awesome, just huge name in college coaching, has a ton of experience. And once I just realized how how much of a brotherhood it, up, it is up there, you know, how much of a family it is. It's not just a team. You're just, you're always with them, you yeah. know. It's just different. Yeah. So with you being an in-state guy, I know Indiana has, what, jo Josh Adam Chesky, also a Ball mm -hmm. State guy, um, some other guys here within the Indianapolis area. For you, you know, what are some of those relationships that you've built with, you know, guys in your class that are going to be your future teammates there at Ball State or maybe even guys who are there already or guys, the you know, seniors this year as mm -hmm. well? What are some of those relationships you've built with, you know, some of your future Ball State Cardinal teammates. Uh, yeah, I got to meet Josh at the um, at the live at bat stuff up there uh, earlier this year, which was kind of cool. Got to meet him before you know we get on campus together, and then uh, Cade Langhorst got to meet him, and then uh, I've always known Chase Wagner. We played in Cooperstown together. That was when we met each other, which was cool. We have like a picture together, like on a mound visit, and then we just end up being both Ball State yeah. Cardinals, which yeah. is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I just I've always known him. Okay. Which is really cool. So on the relationship side of things, you know, how has your relationship evolved since committing? You know, with Coach Maloney, and you said the recruiting coordinator is Maloney, last name Maloney mm -hmm. as well. It's so his son. His son? Mm -hmm. So what? How has that relationship evolved since you've committed to Ball State? You know, maybe going and seeing some games or just just continuously talking to him. How have those relationships built since you've been committed? Uh yeah, you know, Coach Maloney just really, I just feel like he's always been closer now that I've committed. You know, just starting to kind of bring that more of a coach to me and uh, it's just been really great um, just kind of feeling like I'm starting to become like one of like part of the family yeah. you know and it's been really cool just to go through that with him okay so with you being a catcher and a first baseman there at this high school level for you when you do get to the ne that next level head to Muncie go be a Ball State Cardinal for you do you see yourself sticking behind the plate maybe sticking to first base all time or even something else well, for that next level where is that plan position wise for you definitely staying behind the plate that's my uh that's my forte right there. Okay. That's what I'd be doing. That's what I'm known for, my okay. catching. Okay, so let's dig into some of the stuff, you know, when you are behind that plate. Are you calling pitches there for the Indiana Bulls for Mount Vernon? What's that look like? 100%. Uh, I've been calling pitches on my own. My coaches in the past have let me do that. It's really helped kind of, like, build, like, my experience back there. And I think uh, now the coaches with me now just kind of trust me. I can really pick apart batters just – purely on how they set up in the box when they walk in. It's really cool. Okay, so what, okay, you say purely on what they set up, what, you said purely what they look like when they, you know, get in their batting stance when they step into the plate. What are you looking for at that before you kind of decide, okay, might start this guy off with a, you know, fastball, might start this guy off with off-speed pitch, whatever. 
What are you looking for when they're stepping into the batter's box? Definitely. Uh, first inning, you know, we're trying to stay pretty basic. Probably going to go fastball changeup, fastball curveball, something, you know, not showing everything off first inning. And then depending on how those first three, four batters go on that first A-B, it will kind of depend on how I go about them the next A-B. So, like, last week, Jack Brown attacked him. He ended up hitting, like, a ground ball at shortstop, and I was on, like, a fastball. So I was like, okay, we're probably not going to throw that at throw that for a first pitch again you know he's really good time hitter and uh so we ended up going curveball next ab and that got him and then uh ended up throwing a two seam on his hands and he absolutely annihilated it and uh but going back to like the next ab i threw something absolutely random at him, just kind of throwing him off, because he even told me, he's like, dude, I have no clue what this guy's going to throw. Like, everything he does, everything he throws, he goes different directions at different speeds. I'm what like, pitcher was it? Nick Heitman. Okay, okay. He has, he has a very good pitch mix. Um, he has cutter, two-seam, four-seam, change-up, and a curveball that all go in five different directions, which is really awesome. Yeah. It's good for me, because it makes my <laughs> life a lot easier. Perfect, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he makes it. He makes it easy. All okay. my pitchers are really good. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's actually what I was about to bring up. You know, Sullivan, Heitman, mm-hmm. um, I st- for Denthal, right? Brydenthal. 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 Yeah. Okay. So with those guys on your guys' pitching staff, for you, what are those different relationships that you've built with those three guys, but then also some other guys that you're catching on a consistent basis? What are some of those relationships with your pitching staff? Yeah, uh, I've actually played with Cam Sullivan since I was like eight years old, so I've really gotten to know him and know him a lot and uh yeah with him I mean it's just different you know like I've had I had them all fill out like a profile on how they like to pitch like I'd rather pitch to my pitcher's strengths than to somebody's weakness um so yeah with that um with Bridenthal I haven't got to catch him much it was kind of a later towards the beginning of the season thing I had to kind of get to know him a lot better Nick I've known for quite a while just being in the same class um played against them quite a bit back in earlier years but yeah it's just mm -hmm. so you talked about you know pitching to Jack Brown Mm -hmm. in-state guy for high school season what how does that strategy change travel baseball facing a team that you have never seen before going to the WWE or whatever is that strategy still the same how do you kind of go about that especially you know with that that point you don't really know like in tournaments you don't you don't know what team you're playing you probably don't have scouting reports on the players Mm -hmm. Is that strategy when you're calling pitches the same as high school, or how does that change a little bit? Uh, yeah, it's kind of more of a uh, just kind of go with what you're given. You know, like the first time through the order, you really have to pay attention with what you got going. Like this guy did this, and I'll always check with like guys to keep in score. All my coaches help me out keeping track of everybody, what they do, um, what their swings look like, everybody, and. Uh, it just—it's definitely different when okay. you don't have that edge before the game sure. to plan. I'm sure. So flipping it from defense to offense, take us through your hitting approach. You're on deck. You're watching the guy in front of you, watching the pitcher warm up, whatever. Take us through what's going through your mind. What are you trying to do with each at bat? I mean, I'm just trying to hit a ball hard. That's all I really care about. I mean, if I smoke a ball at the second base when he catches it, good for him. Like I hit that ball as hard as I could, and happens, happens. Baseball. Yeah. yeah. Being a catcher, does that give you any benefits when you do flip that around to be in that batter's box? Or, you know, what's that look like? You know, you already having that, you know, pre-existing relationship with the umpire, kind of know what he's calling that day. Does that give you benefits on the offensive side of things? Definitely. Um, I really like to kind of keep a really good relationship with the umpires, talk to them pretty often, see, you know, if they need water or whatever, you know, just keeping that good relationship, anything he needs, um, keeping balls off him. 
keeping him all good and during that throughout the game on probably does get me a couple yeah. strikes here and there <laughs> at the plate, hopefully. Okay, all right. So on when you are in that batter's box, take us through two-strike approach. Is there a difference there when it comes to your approach, or for the most part, do you kind of just keep it the same no matter what that count is? Anytime I get to two strikes, unless it's 3-2. Three, 3-2, two. Three, two, I'll just go back to my normal swing. You know, it's pretty even, you know, going at it. And uh, two strikes, I'm definitely a little bit shorter, keeping my swing a little bit tighter, and uh, just trying to hit a baseball the other way. Anywhere he throws it, I'm just trying to hit it. Okay. So you still got, what, a year and a half, two years before you actually head to Muncie to, you know, get to that next level mm -hmm. as a Ball State Cardinal. Looking at behind the plate, looking at when you're in the batter's box on the offensive side of things, what are maybe some of those key things that you're trying to develop as a ball player before you get to that next level? Definitely just my overall hitting. Hitting is going to be the biggest thing for me, um, especially not having hitting left-handed my whole life. It's just trying to have play catch-up with it, which it's been going really well. Um, and then just trying to keep my reps right-handed too because I see righties all the time, get in the lefty box all the time. but. Still trying to keep my right-handed swing because okay. that's the OG. I forgot about that. I remember you. you remember, I, rem I remember you texted me at the Battle of Indiana for, "Hey, can I face two righties, two lefties?" Because you are a switch mm -hmm. hitter. You know, where did that decision come from? Obviously, you said you batted righty your entire life. Where does that decision come into play? Okay, you know what? I might, you know, mess around, maybe hit lefty there a little bit, be a switch hitter. Just take us through that. Just that process of becoming a switch hitter. Uh, I think it was beginning, probably like when I was eight or nine. I went to a college camp and they were talking like. Know, switch hitting catchers like that's super rare like and I was like cool I want to be pretty rare <laughs> so I started screwing around with it on the tee eventually started doing flips with it and you know one thing led to another went to hitting in games with it when I just felt comfortable and then you know the next year went to hitting righty on lefty lefty on righty and yeah, kind of just okay. formed into what it is now. Okay, so first AB as a left-handed hitter, as a left-handed hitter in game, what was that like? Take us through that first AB as a left-handed guy. I remember it was that first year I played on the Bulls. I started doing the like righty on lefty, lefty on righty, everything like that. I went through my first like tournament. I hit lefty like the whole time. I ended up hitting like 600 like on the weekend, and I was like, okay, I guess I did something <laughs> right. Yeah which was kind of crazy and then uh, but yeah it was pretty exciting and then you know I just kind of went through the season I actually did really well for my first season like that it was kind of kind of surprising I'm not gonna lie yeah so with you being a part of a great Mount Vernon high school program being a part of the Indiana Bulls as well who have been the most influential coaches or just the most influential people within your baseball career so far you know choose two or three and just you know what makes those people so influential I mean, obviously, my parents, you know, they just have supported me the whole way here, you know, helped me get in touch with the coaches that I have now, the college coaches. Um, 100% my parents are number one. Uh, and then my catching coach, Nate McKeon, has just overall helped my catching ability and hitting ability just tremendously. A um, bunch of Mount Vernon catchers that have gone to the next level have gone through him and um, the next one, and there's going to be more after me. Uh, Hunter Dobbins, Jake Stadler. Nolan Bowser, those are the guys that are going through Mount Vernon. They're yeah. legit. So yeah. I mean, I, I, I watched Dobbins the other day. I think he hit. He might have had a two run. He might have had a two homer game against IU. He, he, he at least hit one homer, I mm -hmm. think, uh, when Ball State was in Bloomington. I, mm -hmm. I remember watching him. Uh, but no. So last segment here for you. I like digging into more of the personal side of things to end it off. So for you, when you're thinking beyond the game of baseball. What are some of those passions that you have to, you know, keep your mind off of something, you know, maybe deal with some stress, whatever it happens to be, you know, what are some of those passions you have beyond the game of baseball? 
Uh, I'd say one is definitely fishing. Love fishing. It's just super relaxing. Go down and just spend, end up spending hours down there. I think it passes like 30 minutes, and uh, that's one of the biggest, you know, just listening to Morgan Wallen. Love Morgan Wallen. Just driving around okay. in the Jeep, doors off, and just chilling. It's just a great vibe. Um, that's another one. Uh, hunting. I love hunting a little bit. My dad loves hunting more than I do, but I love fishing a little more. You know, it's a little bit more action, more moving. Yeah. Can't sit down for that long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love spending time with my teammates. I mean, even like now, we try and spend as much time as we do together, and it's just good to build those relationships. I just love hanging out yeah. with them. So being an outdoors guy who hunting, fishing, what is that best hunting or fishing story that you got? I mean, there's, oh my gosh. Okay, there's my biggest, my PB on a smallmouth, on any bass. I was a couple years ago with my buddy Hayden. We were down in the river fishing and we go down to this spot and there's a tree like sitting under the water. I just cast along it and just a massive smallmouth comes up and just smokes my jig and it comes up towards the uh towards the shore and i just go to grab it and the line snaps and it goes off and it swims off and i'm just like i'm done i just <laughs> i wanted to quit fishing for like an hour and then we go back like a couple hours later same log and i was like you know what whatever let's cast it again it the same one comes up bites it and I get it in, and it's my PB. It's five pounds smaller, and it was just wild. I caught the same one twice in one day. Okay. <laughs> and it's pretty wild. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Morgan Wallen there. What's your favorite song off his new, uh, his new album he released there a couple weeks Dude, ago? Dude, I can't pick his favorite. They're all just so good. Yeah. I love listening to all of them. Yeah. Um, I, I think I added I think 14 songs to yeah. my to my playlist when I was listening to that album. It's yeah. He's he's incredible. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, but I guess that leads me to my a question I was going to ask here. Um, later on, but go-to playlist on you know a bus, maybe a bus trip to you know a high school game, or even today, you know when you're driving hour, hour and a half to get here to to the Titan Bat facility. Um, what's that go-to playlist that you got? Probably Morgan Wallen. Okay. I just, I okay. mean, big Morgan Wallen fan. Uh, Old Dominion, that's an older one. Love listening to them. Um, yeah, just I love country music okay. pretty much. Yeah, country music. Yeah, you, you like old school country music too. Not a little bit, a little bit of Alan it. Alan Jackson. Those Tim McGraw. I listen to a little yeah. Tim McGraw here okay. and there. All right. So next question. Let's go ahead and dig into motivations here. What is it that helps you, you know, get out of bed every morning, helps you just, you know, continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person? What are some of those internal motivations that you have? I'd say just, you know, wanting to be the best baseball player I can be. Like, I, my goals are set so high that just I just go out there and work as hard as I can every day. My parents actually have to tell me to, like, take a rest day here and there because I just go at it every day and I ended up getting hurt because I just work so hard every single day. Okay. So taking that question a little bit further, let's put yourself 20 years down the road. So you'll be 36, 37 years old or so. Everything's going right for you 20 years down the road. What does that perfect picture of your life look like? Playing pro ball, just living the life, you know, playing baseball, the game I love, getting paid to do it. It's just Perfect. Okay. Know? So with that dream of being a major league baseball player, who is that MLB player comp that you have? I'm trying to think in my head right now, switch hitting catchers in the big leagues. I don't know if I can think of one. Yasmani Grandal for the White Sox. He's a switch hitting catcher. Okay. All right. So are you a White Sox fan? Uh, not really. I just know that I just watch catchers, dude. Okay. Okay. Love All right. Catching. So last question here. When you do head to Ball State, you're going to have that opportunity to capitalize 
on your name, image, and likeness? What would be that dream brand that you could endorse, collaborate with, partner with, whatever it happens to be? Who, what would be that dream brand? That's a good question. I'd say, I mean, Nike, obviously. Nike's huge. Just want to be a part of Nike. Have my own cleat. That'd be sick. Um, Rawlings. Love Rawlings. Rawlings is my, I'm going to have to use Rawlings in college. Just, I use Rawlings now. Uh, it's just definitely my catching brand right okay. there. I really appreciate you know taking your time out here today, driving out here to the Titan Bat facility, and you know just hopping on the podcast. It was a blast getting to learn about your career, your recruiting process, stuff like that. Um, so just thanks for coming on the show, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. Lots of fun. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Okay.